Ciao people and welcome to the fourth episode of Making Movies with Mattia, the podcast for the people who work or want to work in the entertainment industry. I'm Mattia Capasso and today I'm really happy to present my third guest and my first director. He's Italian like me and he moved in UK in order to pursue his dream of working in the film industry. Director of independent film, his specialty is the documentary. Uh, he has a second passion and job in photography. So please, everyone, welcome Matthias Falcone. Hi, Matthias. Thank you for, for having me. All good here. Yeah, very excited to be on the podcast. So thanks a lot again. Yeah. Is it first time you get interviewed in a podcast or? Uh... It actually is. Yes. Yeah. So far, I, I you know, I, I've sent some interviews here and there, you know, to, to film festivals, you know, some little inter- director interviews, but it's the very first time I'm on an actual podcast. So it's a great new experience for me too. Cool. Cool. Nice. Good to know that. Good to know that I have also, you know, my first director. So because director is something uh, I would really like to know. So let's start with my first question. Your job. You're a director, and this is uh, just to let know to the audience. It's a question I will always ask to everyone. Director is what a director is. What are the duty? What they do? Yeah, that's uh, that's a question, isn't it? Because for as directors, we ask this, you know, to ourselves all the time as well, especially in the beginning when we start out. Um, in my view, I'm telling you, after after these years, uh, when I think of a director, I see a, pers- a person with a clear vision, clear idea, and a vision for a film, and uh, and a person that turns that vision into concrete artwork. This is literally what it is. So there is obviously much more, you know, to just the definition because the a director's job is very complex and multifaceted, but to me, the core is really the vision for a film, the idea at, uh, at heart, and the commitment to make this idea happen and to transform it into into a natural film. And that's uh, it's simple as, as simple as that, but it really contains everything that a director's job uh, encompasses. You know, from the commitment to the to the origin, the vision, because you know the long path of making a movie is. Um, is featured by uh, by several different actions, and uh, everything, every single one of them, has at core uh, this this commitment that the director makes in the very beginning of the process. Cool. I always I will ask uh, to all director this question, even because you know each director has his own pre- uh, perception of directing a film, uh, and in still in my case that. I don't know, maybe I would like to pursue this dream. It's still un, uh, really unknown. Like, you know, it's funny how you can judge uh, easily a director from a film you might love or not. Uh, you can say, like, for example, Martin Scorsese is a good director, but many people doesn't know exactly what a director does. So it's good, you know, that you introduce uh, on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, yeah, you're also a still photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do photography, of course, on uh, both backstage and also event, right? Yeah, I do. I do event photography and I do travel photography. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's um, it's quite a, it's a relatively new thing because I mean I've been a photographer ever since. Uh, funnily enough, you know I was active as a photographer even before I was a filmmaker, uh, mainly because photography came very spontaneously and very natural since you know young young age in my case um 
I went into photography yeah, about 10 years ago and uh, it was part of my filmmaking route, we can say, because I started to do behind the scenes photography. I, I went in on film sets, uh, uh, you know, with the idea of, you know, spying on directors and see what they do and understanding how the film set dynamics work and all of that. And being a still photographer, you know, is perfect because you're just on the side. Of course, you have your job. You need to capture the film set experience. But you're also in a very privileged position because you can really observe what's going on and absorb without uh, without many obstacles, really. And uh, in, at least in my view, it's a very stress-free position compared to production people, yeah. you know, and, and all the others that need to work over there. So yeah, I started this way, but then in recent years, uh, when I developed my interest in, in documentaries as well, the travel photography side of things uh, became more predominant. I realized that I wanted to capture the world a bit more. And I'm still looking, you know, for new ways to develop this philosophy because there is so much so many there are so many elements of interest out there that uh, I still need to define and work towards the clear picture of you know my my purpose in photography but I'm finding the direction I found a path you know when I started to go around and uh, get assignments you know for different countries capture the territories capture the culture and mm. so on and this is what uh, what I'm doing now and then yeah when I'm in London I do events lots of events this is really my bread and butter this is what I did pretty much alongside with the behind the scenes photography because you know living in London there is always something going on and event photography is a fairly uh, I wouldn't say easy but it's a fairly uh, reasonable um, compromise between you know your creativity and the money that needs to you know sustain you while you you build yourself creatively cool cool um, of course a usual question I may ask also your job background where did you start and how did you manage to get where are you now yeah so in terms of uh, actual background well I'm one of those film guys that you know young age early teenage started to develop this interest in cinema and films and developed that interest whilst at school I had a friend of mine that uh, really helped me on the way because it was he was really the only person that um, could uh, could help me um, in my passion, if you can say so. And then, you know, when I in my late teenage, uh, after um, after several years of watching films and being simply a film aficionado, being a passionate in the, in the, in the subject, I went to a film school, uh, not a classic film school where you learn to make movies. It was more a theoretical university where you learn about, you know, the film history and everything around it. Um, so I didn't really learn to make movies at school like many others, mm. but it was still a very, very important period of my life because this time I got to meet um, people, you know, my age, my peers uh, that had the same passion and, uh, you know, spending three years, you know, talking about films, watching films together and really coming together as a group was uh, was absolutely essential in my in my formation, you know, for, for all the reasons one can imagine. Um, and yeah, and it was afterwards that... Um, after I finished my uni, you know, I just obtained a bachelor degree in three years. I started to look for for work back in Italy. I remember. Apology to interrupt you. Did you get? Uh, uh, did you study in uh, both in UK and in Italy, right? Only in Italy, actually. Okay. I, I studied okay. in Italy. Yeah, for three years. It was between 2007 and 2010. Okay. Uh, I graduated in the year, and then I, yeah, I, I I started to look for work in Italy. Really, uh, at the time, I remember the UK or moving abroad was not even an option. I was fairly sure that I could make it in Italy. But after a year spent there, obtaining just you know a couple of you know very few little jobs here and there, things were not working. Also, I was not really ready because I still needed to build all my knowledge in the industry and understanding how it really works. 
that's when I decided to move abroad and uh, and I went to the UK. Especially and, uh, because despite the crew might be the same, there's still different uh, approach on making uh, a film between uh, a production in Italy and a production in the UK, right? Correct. It's very, very different. Still now, I mean, I have friends in Italy that, you know, I, I talk to uh, every now and then. And uh, yeah, the industry, both industries work in very different ways. So, you know, it's, I think it's the same for everyone. You know, you start off, you want to get into the industry and it's really hard to know what you need to do, what's the right next step, because simply, you know, you cannot know already. So it's all really about, you know, diving into that, try to do whatever you can. In my case, it was, you know, getting a little production assistant and camera assistant roles mm-hmm. on set until you really find also your dimension. Because in the beginning, some people don't really know, do I want to be a DOP, a director, a producer, maybe all of them. It's really about finding, you know, giving yourself the time to find your, your true direction. Cool, cool. Um, of course, telling me more about uh, your job, like um, during your wor- working on set, did you have any, let's say, difficult moment, uh, you uh, difficult moment, both uh, as director and as still photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, difficulties. I mean, they happen at every stage. I would say, very beginning and even advanced stage. And um, at the start, I remember when I started off, the difficulties were mainly lying in um, facing not much the set, but the time in between sets, because you were never sure about am I going to get another job anytime soon? Am I? Ma- Am I going to be accepted on that set or another one? So there is never a certainty of, you know, the next step. And that's the main difficulty, I think, for everyone when, when we first start off. Especially, yeah. I think, like freelancer that, you know, you need to find by yourself your job and uh, manage <laughs> exactly. to organize the time. Uh, I exactly. totally get here. <laughs> yeah, I guess every freelancer can, you know, resonate with this, this uh, these moments. And then when you know you start to get your jobs, uh, you start to you know have a presence on set, and uh, you know you have no longer doubts that there is a path ahead of you, and you're gonna get uh, what you want. Then the difficulties start to be a bit more concrete in terms of you know sustain yourself because at some point obviously you want to live on your creativity. Um, sometimes you know it's good to have you know either a side job or something part time that sustains you while you manage to develop your actual film career in a way. But then the balance between the two becomes a problem. And again, it's yeah. never a problem. Yeah, you know, everyone knows. It's never a problem that, you know, stays eternal. So it's something you overcome at some point, but it's normal to have those stages where these issues and these concerns really kind of drag you down, you know, get you into very dark places and you have moments where you really feel lost. That's that's just part of the game. So we all had them, I had them too. And um, and even later on, you know, between between stills photography and, uh, and uh, my directorial career, there was a time, I think it was one and a half years, where I was also production manager and I managed a few commercials and even one feature film. And I remember, you know, the production managing a feature film, even though it was a low budget one, you know, it was still full of paranoias and phobias of every sort because you really need to keep together loads of people, a whole production, so budget, and, you know, there are people's careers and lives and, you know, they're all in your hands. So that was also something that, you know, in retrospective, you look at as a milestone. But back in the day, I remember it was really a source of uh, panic paranoia. And it was a difficult moment as well, because aside of, you know, the glory of having reached that position, there is also the, the commitment, the responsibility that comes with it. And, uh, 
and yeah, it does. I think it can be considered a difficult moment as well because it's it's a turning point. You know, you get every milestone is a turning point where you face you know a new reality, something you know a little success of yours, but also a moment where uh, where you start thinking, wow, well, can I pull this off? And what's gonna be next? Um, am I gonna yeah. we're gonna do it right? And so on. <laughs> So yeah, it's this is this contrast that uh, you know I I think it's um, it concerns every single one of us even at a later stage. You know, I listen to interviews to you know established directors and producers, and they all have the same fears and uh, and phobias and uh, and concerns that we had you know at early stages. They just had them you know concerning their own projects. So rather than worrying about am I going to make my little low budget film on time, they're wondering if they're going to manage to pull off the big budget film. But it's the same kind of concern just on a different scale. So that's uh, that's very useful because seeing that people out there have these sort of fears help you as well to put into perspective your own one. But also I think find a creative way at this point to develop this project. Like if you yeah. have a small budget, you need to find a way to manage, uh, how to say, the, to spare money, to spare budget. <laughs> yes. Exactly, making the most of really every penny you have. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, it's very important. Yeah, there are really those two categories of concerns we can say. One, the concrete one, you know, about you know your survival and all of that, and then there is a creative one, like if you're actually going to manage to make things the way you want without compromises. And in my case, I mean, looking back, I think I always had to make some compromises in my you know first pieces of work. But still, you know, the ideas at core of them manage to, you know, to come through one way or another, and that's the most important thing. And it's also, and it's also important to to realize that being on a low budget, having to make compromises in first place, also force you to think outside the box, to think in creative ways that you wouldn't think in other circumstances. And um, so that's that's also positive. You know, it's this is why you know the first this this is what the first short films, the first pieces of work are for. In the end, you know, you test yourself, you see exactly what you want to do. And if something doesn't work, that's maybe not the way you want to to do things. Then you change. You really find your way through until you you establish yourself and you know a bit better what you actually want. And you learn yourself too once uh, you develop something. So, yeah, that's a really really good things of good and bad things about you know starting uh, your career, especially as independent. Mm-hmm. especially as independent um what about instead any memorable moment you had uh, during your work yeah i would say you know when i look back i actually think the first moments that come to mind are those little milestones and you know the little chain they they they, they form you know they they constitute all together so you know when I think about memorable, memorable moments, you know, not, I haven't had obviously, you know, Oscar winning moments and anything like that. But for example, I remember, you know, the moment I wrapped my very first short film, the very first moment I got, you know, selected to a festival for the first time or on the photography side, the first time I got a big travel photography assignment. I mean, it's a huge thing, you know, someone that actually hires you, pays you to go photograph their place. That's something huge because uh, it's, 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 it takes time, you know, to build this sort of, um, this sort of, um, path for yourself. And when things start to happen, they are really huge. Then, you know, the, the, the moment after, you know, the, the next success is always something that feels good in the moment, but then it's, it's still going to be a small success to compare to the next one. So it's important to see, uh, I think, 
the I chain. I don't think so. I don't know. I try to put myself into a, let's say, a, a big celebrity who won like plenty of Oscar. I <laughs> think, you know, even in his or her mind, uh, the most memorable moment is the beginning, the first success and the first, you know, maybe award uh, that he or she uh, won uh, during a film festival or, you know, Mm-hmm. The beginning is always, you know, the best memorable moment. And for me, count more than one, two, three Oscars uh, put it together. Of course, I still want one Oscar. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's uh, exactly what I mean when I say, you know, those little milestones, you know, the first short film, the first little festival selecting you, because that's really what, what makes you in first place, because yeah. those are the moments that build yourself in the end. And even, you know, it's funny if you if you listen to those celebrities and stars and big directors and producers, they rarely talk about you know the moment they receive the Oscar. They always talk about the fun stories that feature the beginning of their careers. You know what I have to make and what I had to go through to make the first feature, and that's uh, that's the key basically. That's the key, and that's I think it's very important to remember that, especially for the young filmmakers who you know approach the industry, because you see this huge gap between yourself and them. But in the end, it's really just about the normal what you have in between yourself and that stage is just the normal journey, the normal itinerary you need to go uh, like everyone else. You know, you have a career ahead. You have to have your little struggles, your little milestones, your little, you know, memorable moments and so on. It's all part of the game in the end. True, true. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you have a film coming, coming by, a new documentary. Tell me more about your uh, next project. Yeah, my next project is going to be my um, my first feature documentary, and it's called uh, Until We Live Again. I recorded this documentary during lockdown, uh, during the first lockdown here in the UK in spring 2020, so it's about a year ago as we speak. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah it was I remember. <laughs> Everyone remembers about those moments. And um, funnily enough, you know, before the pandemic, I had already shot a feature documentary, and that was supposed to be my first one. But then, you know, when uh, when lockdown and pandemic kicked in, I realized that post-production was slowing down. I didn't really want to wait for a year. I decided to make this one because I had uh, this idea. Um, basically, I remember that, um, you know, all the media and the conversations back in the day uh, online, but also in real life, were tended to be very, very gloomy and very worrying about the future. So I wanted to do a documentary able to encourage people to still find some hope and positivity. Uh, in their own lives and uh, and remind them that there is they still have full power to change their own existence the way they want, no matter what's going on out there. So I interviewed 28 people from all around the world um, and gathered their stories of self-isolation and lockdown, and most importantly, their reflections, their revelations, and also the change they made to their own lives during lockdown. Because mm-hmm. uh, funny to think, but during our you know, everyday life, during normal times before a pandemic, you know, we have you know full power and freedom to do many things, but we just don't do them. We just you know, go with the flow, live our everyday, and uh, never find the time to stop and think. The lockdown helped people to find this time, and uh, and the series, the consequences, the series of events that happen uh, following those revelations, those epiphanies, uh, resulted in massive life changes, positive life changes for many many people. And uh, so, yeah, I gathered those stories, I gathered those messages because I felt that it's really important, not only for present time, but also for the future. You know, one day we're going to look back at this time. Uh, we might tend to forget some of the promises we made to ourselves during this time. So this film wants to remind people what uh, what we really went through 
what we what we promise ourselves and uh, and the power we have you know in order to to change our circumstances and uh, and also the people surrounding us so it wants to be really an inspirational piece of work able to help at heart good good can wait of course to see the film uh, even because uh, you made uh, like a crowdfunding right on the film yes that we went, uh, went also good how how did it went uh, how did it, what i remember of course you reached the budget you require but i heard that it also went over what you were expecting right Yes, that's correct. Yes, we we crowdfunding for to finance the the film festival run um, because you know the documentary since it was recorded during lockdown and edited by myself, it didn't take much budget. I paid some collaborators to help me, you know, with uh, with sound and technical specs. But the film festival runs, you know, the when you want to give your film a proper proper exposure in a festival circuit, you need a certain budget. So we crowdfunded for that. We raised about one hundred and and three percent of the target so we overachieved target which was great nice. and uh, it, it, yeah it was very encouraging actually because you see this positive response from people and you feel that you're doing something good you really get uh you know to understand that you're doing the right thing with this film the the video presentation gave lots of appraisal and that also helped me to understand uh, you know to really realize that we were doing something something good with this and the cast was really really excited because you know i interview people that don't usually get to be in a film so being part of something like this for them was was huge and um, that's also what drove me uh, on, on this journey. Yeah, even I want to add uh, something different from uh, your film and, uh, about the festival because you said the budget will mostly be involved on distributing to festival. Um, mm -hmm. For the I'll say this for the audience who doesn't know how a film festival work. Um, I had few experience, if you remember, when I worked with Antonio, mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. um, uh, festivals, uh, for who audience who doesn't know, it's not, it's not easy to um, pro uh, distribute because you have uh, plenty of festival and you need to um i forgot the word how do you say the word when you give distribute to some platform oh you submit when you submit, submit to submitting yeah. submitting and uh, you know there's you have different platform where you submit uh, your film uh, but always need to see a couple of things both uh, if uh, your uh, film uh, short uh, or uh, a feature uh, live action or animated uh, lots of genre and even you know type you need to see before submitting because each festival work on a different way and also the submission that based on how the festival uh, how big is the festival you have to submit some money to give in order that you know it's not neither approved but waiting for approval mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's um I think that the film festival circle, you know, is is a little war on its own because yeah. we have hundreds of fest festivals out there, and they can, if you use them, if you leverage them to to your advantage, they can really be massively helpful for for your career. Um, what's important, what I recommend, you know, young filmmakers, someone approaching the film festival circuit, is don't worry too much about just the big ones. So um, film festivals are not just you know Cannes, Berlinale, Venice, and Toronto. The big ones, you know, they kind of belong to 
the elite of cinema where you know you have the big productions and big marketing companies marketing their films to these big festivals by all means if you want to submit do that because even just submitting your film to a big festival makes you feel good but it's important to remember that there are hundreds of middle tier and low tier festivals mm. and less popular but are still you know attended by real people watching films real you know film passionates watching films and some in most uh, well not in most cases but in several cases attended by industry representatives so you can definitely send your film around you do your research because you want to know which festivals you know are relevant to your kind of film and then you know in the moment you get selected you you can be sure that your film is going to be watched by by actual people and that means a lot nowadays so for this documentary obviously we wanted uh, a proper festival run because it's a feature and eventually i'm looking to distribute it uh, to online platforms uh, and the money we're going to make there is going to be uh, given to charity so it's a non-profit project but the festival circuit is, is key because that's what's going to give this film uh, the prestige it needs and it's the same you know for for your films for you know every young filmmaker's film that needs to be seen and get out there and again there is a universal festival so make sure you do your research uh, see which festivals suit your film you know some festivals might be more inclined to social issues and not to genre other films might be all about genres so whether you do sci-fi horror comedy and so on you know they might be your your place to go uh, other festivals are more specific as well in their in their selections uh, it's very important to do research and i said it because people tend just to submit the film maybe to you know the cheapest festivals Randomly, yeah, exactly and, and that can result in a bit of a waste of money and time and also some disappointment because you see your film not being selected and it's not because you're doing something wrong you know or the film is not good but just because you submitted it to the wrong festival so definitely take your time looking into them and uh and yeah that's gonna pay off yeah yeah true um also of course what i mentioned before about submitting festival is mostly related to smaller festival eh? because as you see a uh, big festival like Cannes or uh, venice berlin uh, all require something from big elite so this is something i would recommend for who's listening if you are starting don't point on uh, this this big festival because That's correct. not because uh, you know it's you're irrelevant or stuff like this but because what i heard fr also from if you remember the time of rain dance uh, there's plenty plenty of people that you know want to submit or present or pitching to festivals so it's just there's many people there so it's good point also on uh, local or uh, you know medium small uh, one one day your name is gonna be seen so this is my tips i will give you now of course i want to know some uh some tips from you what will you recommend to those uh, starting now sure well for everyone who is starting out in the industry like literally just now uh the first thing i would say is you know take your time experimenting playing around trying things uh before deciding on anything because you might be of course the person that knows already you want to be a dop and that's great because it means you have a clear path ahead you know you need to be camera assistant first work your way up there and uh, and eventually you're going to be a dop but sometimes you know you might be evaluating different paths different territories and uh and you're not sure which is perfectly fine because it was 
the same you know for me in first place so take your time playing around have your experiences go and set as much as you can you know as you know production assistant runner if you have a camera and like to take pictures try to get yourself in a still photographer as well because it helps a lot and uh, don't discard little productions because um, little productions are great when you start off because the people you meet there are your peers there are always a few professionals that can guide you and mentor you as you move forward but there are also you know people your same age and from your same you know uh, study background that you can partner up and create something new with and then as you go on as you uh you know as you gradually find your way into the industry and you find uh, what you want to be and how you want to do things keep also open to to change because you might find out that you know you like to do something very much for a few years and then perhaps you develop a new interest and that's perfectly fine you know it's uh, you might love to you know do comedies and then after four years you decide to write drama but then in first place you think maybe i shouldn't start to write something different because by now comedy is my thing no you can change you can always change important is that you really f have the wish and the intention to do that and that this intention is not guided by external factors such as you know trends or you know industry uh, yeah industry trends and everything that comes up on the moment it needs to be something that starts from your very own interest your very own instinct that's uh, that's absolutely key so yeah follow instincts uh keep open to change experiment as much as you as you can and want and um don't let yourself be dragged into positions and roles that you maybe don't want to to cover if you don't want to be a producer that's perfectly fine focus on being a director or dp if you don't want to be uh an editor but just do uh visual effects that's perfectly fine focus on that because it's very easy you know to get to be dragged into positions you don't want to cover because the industry needs multi-skilled people and you will find yourself being offered different roles at several stages of your life so it's important to say no when you don't want to do something and just say yes to what actually responds to your true instincts true true um i think also one other thing uh, um that people can learn from you and this is also a tips you gave me uh last year when i was starting to to move uh, actually to a couple of years ago when i start to move into production that uh, if you have a secondary skill uh, use it as much as you can like uh, in your case uh, it's photography and you you do also like uh let's say also secondary job can you say like this I don't want to. I don't want to put uh, top uh, on top which one is better. But you know, if uh, some of you might have like uh, skill also a bit of editing, do some uh, editing stuff. Yes, when you start off, do as many things as you can because I said it's about really experimenting, and that's very useful. Then at some point, you know, once you have a few years in the industry and you have a good amount of experience in several domains. You know, if you want to keep going, you know, doing different things, by all means, do that because it's about yourself. I mean, we are in a creative industry, so we need to enjoy it as much as we can. But if you decide to drop something, you know, to in favor of something else, that's also good. Whenever, you know, whenever you feel it's time, do that because otherwise, you know, it's uh, the sad side, you know, because it's important to mention this as well, is that some creatives, they get stuck into roles they don't want to cover in the long term, but they end up doing it because, you know, it pays off, it pays the bills and uh, they get good at it. But they don't really want it and they become a little bitter and that's sad because again you know we're, we're creative so we should just enjoy what we do every single day so play until you f you feel it's time to to change something and when it's time to do so then change but other than that you, 
enjoy and play as much as you can with your skills on all sides. True, true. Wise, wise words, wise words. Um, anything? I don't have much to ask because you tell me everything for now, especially most importantly your job and your film, which I say again, I can't wait to watch it. Thank you, Matthias, for uh, joining uh, as guest. Thank and you, yeah, I want to thank also the audience who are listening this and I hope uh, you can learn uh, from Matthias and thank you again. I'll see you on next episode. Ciao.